0: Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber.
1: Thank you, Steve. Today I'll be speaking with an employer who hires hundreds of work campers for outdoor jobs in nine states. If working with all sorts of people in outdoor settings is something you enjoy, then he has an opportunity for you. Today's episode is sponsored by The Dreamer's Journey. It's an online course and community produced by Work Camper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started in the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50-plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, and operating a small business on the road, plus everything about work camping and how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long to give in-depth coverage on every topic. There's no wrong time to get started, so for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. Steve Werner is the president of American Land and Leisure. The company is hired to take care of different facilities for its clients, primarily the U.S. Forest Service and various utility companies that manage recreation sites near dams. The firm manages about 350 campgrounds in nine states. American Land and Leisure hires 500 work campers every year to serve as camp hosts who greet guests, collect camping fees, and clean restrooms as well as campsites after the guests leave. The company has a full-time staff to take care of landscaping and other major maintenance projects. Some of the campgrounds are rather large, fancy resort-type facilities located in popular tourist destinations while others are rather primitive and located in very remote areas without access to electricity or cell phone signals. Many of the facilities fall right in the middle of those spectrums with access to utility connections, but not a lot of other fancy amenities like swimming pools. All of the jobs are paid at rates that are in line with the minimum wage in the state where the work camper is working. Most of the jobs are seasonal, but some campgrounds are open year-round. The season is determined by where the campground is located. Some start between April and mid-May and continue until mid-September. Most facilities shut down completely after the first weekend in October. The hours vary as well. Some remote campgrounds require work campers to put in only 10 hours a week, but most campgrounds will need them to put in 30 to 40 hours a week. Couples are preferred, but some positions will be able to use solo work campers. In addition to pay, work campers also receive a free campsite. Most campgrounds have water available and some have electricity and sewer connections too, but if not, generators are allowed except during quiet times and solutions are in place to help work campers dump their holding tanks. To tell us more about his company and the opportunities available to work campers, please welcome Steve Warner, the President of American Land and Leisure, to the show. Thanks for joining me today Steve, I appreciate your time. Tell me a little bit more about what American Land and Leisure is and what kinds of things you do for the company.
0: Greg, it's my pleasure to be with you. I'm so excited to be able to share some time with you about what we're doing and what's going on in the industry. So I'm Steve Werner. I'm the president of American Land and Leisure. I've been with the company 18 years now, and our company has been around since 1986, and so that's 36 years Right now, in just about the same age as work camper news, I believe.
1: Pretty dark clothes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Florida, right. So, so, our business is to take care of recreation facilities for different clients or landlords, like the Forest Service. 85% of our business is in the Forest Service. And then we also take care of some utility company facilities. Also, everybody's familiar with Forest Service campgrounds. And the way that the agreement works with the Forest Service is that they still retain ownership and are still in charge of their campgrounds. But back in the 1980s, they came to our industry, companies like us, and said, hey, we'd really like some help taking care of facilities, cleaning restrooms, providing day-to-day operations of the facilities. And in exchange for that, The Forest Service gets a small percentage of rent from us for taking care of those facilities. It's really a cool model because the Forest Service facilities are, we're able to keep those open to the public and then our taxpayers don't really have to pay anything to keep those open. The way that works is we collect the camping fees from the individual users out there, the campers. They show up and we collect the $20 a night for camping And then that $20 a night goes to cover all of our operations. That covers the labor and expenses and toilet pumping and uh, painting tables, minor maintenance, that kind of thing. And then, like I said before, the Forest Service gets a small percentage of the the gross income. So that way, the forest, the general public, the taxpayers aren't really paying to keep those facilities open except for some administration of the contract. But for the most part, the users are covering the expenses to keep those campgrounds open. So we do that in 10 different states all across the country. And we have about 350 campgrounds. And then in two different situations, we take care of utility company campgrounds. And one might ask, what the heck is a utility company doing running a campground or a boat lodge? So in exchange, these are hydroelectric utility companies like Pacific Gas and Electric on the, in California, and then Pacific Core up in Washington. So what they've done is they've dammed up rivers, turned them into reservoirs, put hydroelectric dams on those properties, and then they generate electricity. And so in exchange for the permission to dam up those facilities, the utility companies have been required by the federal government to provide campgrounds, boat launches, put in and takeouts along rivers for rafting and that kind of thing. So it's really a neat, a neat model also. And it's a similar agreement with those guys. We take care of the facilities for them so they can focus on providing electricity to the local communities.
1: It's very similar to the US Army Corps of Engineers in that the people. The Corps creates these dams and the area around it, the lakes and things like that. And then they rent out space for campers to use and enjoy the recreation opportunities. But you do this for private companies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And the Army Corps, exactly. That's a great example. There is opportunities to work for the Army Corps where campers can sign up and bid on those jobs with those guys. You probably have interviewed some Army Corps people in the past but that's a slightly different force of a different color, iron. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a similar operation.
1: And your 350 campgrounds—they are very in their abilities. Some of them are primitive, way out in the sticks. If you want to escape and get away from it all, you go to a Forest Service campground in some of those areas. And others are just like beautiful deluxe cabins or camper, or campgrounds with cabins and swimming pools and everything else like that.
0: Yeah, you're right. The, uh, the recreation opportunity spectrum goes from highly developed fancy resort type facilities. We have one of those down in Florida the, on the Ocala National Forest. Salt Springs is just a gorgeous area. There's a warm water spring that bubbles up out of the ground all year round, and it's a great place to go swimming. And then uh, there's a, a large manicured lawn, full hookups for people. And yeah, that's a pretty highly developed place. And then we've got some gorgeous places up in the mountains. You can get up at some of our campgrounds up at ten thousand feet, and you'll get early snowfall late snow in the spring. But uh, those things are off the grid, out of out of cell range, and it's a great opportunity for folks that are looking to get away from it all, uh, so to go work in one of those places.
1: So work campers go to these primitive sites, and they just serve as the campground host. They're pretty much the only representative of the Forest Service and American Land and Leisure at that particular site.
0: Yes, they do. They are the face of the administration for the campers. They work for American Land and Leisure. We provided uniforms for them to wear and shirts, jackets, hats, name tags. And so for the general public, they might think that guy is a ranger. That's a, a ranger, but they actually work for our company. And as such, they are paid and not volunteers. There are volunteer opportunities to work for the government. If you were working directly for the Forest Service, but with our company, it's a paid position and you are representing our company. You're, you're the full charge guy and you're the manager in charge of that campground. And when there's uh, challenges, those of the public will come to you and look for assistance.
1: Now, it's not often that the work camper is the only person at a
0: camp. Oh, oh you're right. I don't want to give the impression that they're the only guys out there. We have a whole team of people that are supporting our, our field staff. The campground host sometimes is a, another name that is, is commonly used. The campground host or a campground manager on site would have a supervisor that visits with them a couple times a week. And it goes around and helps to support them with um, equipment and supplies needed to do their job. And then also, if there's a major maintenance project or facility improvement project going on at that location, like new picnic tables or new fire rings or even a roof on a restroom or a new restroom building or water system, our staff would be help, helping in that process. So there's, so people are not out there on their own. They have a, they have a support management team that works with them on a regular basis. And then there's a mid-level manager that's in charge of several of those managers. And then we have statewide management support people. And then our corporate office supports those folks. So really, it's the customer is at the top of that pyramid and it starts down to the mid-level management folks and on through to the corporate office where we supply the equipment and resources needed to do the job.
1: But most of the jobs that the work campers perform are the camp host positions themselves. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. The work campers, we have, we actually, they're all work campers for us. I guess if you're thinking about a seasonal job, that is a work camper. We have some people that are work campers that are working all year round for us too. So really, it's not just the frontline guys, it's not just a seasonal job. We use a work camper news to source our regular full time. Permanent positions too. We have we have managers that those statewide permit managers that I mentioned will work all year round for us, and uh, they'll be helping to get ready for the next year, helping to recruit staff in the winter, and then getting the maintenance projects lined up for the summer, that kind of thing. So there are jobs that can cover 10 hours a week if that's all you want to work up in the mountains at 10,000 feet. Or you can be involved in a more busy campground that's closer to an urban, urban population that would require more hours and probably multiple staff working at that location.
1: What are some of the duties that the camp hosts perform?
0: Sure. The camp hosts are going to be meeting and greeting. That's the top priority is to make sure that guests feel welcome. And they are going to be cleaning the campsites to prepare for those sta- for those guests to arrive. They're going to be cleaning restrooms on a regular basis. Those are a couple times a day. And then, then there's a bookkeeping to keep track of how many people came and went. You'll be doing cash collection or credit card processing for folks as they come in. We have a reservation system. That that we use is rec.gov, and that's the federal reservation system. That you know all the Forest Service, Park Service, BLM, everybody's using that same contractor to make reservations. So our staff will be monitoring reservations, posting reservations on site. So it's a you're the full charge manager on site, taking care of customer service as well as facility upkeep. It's pretty. It's a pretty fun job for folks.
1: And these are mostly seasonal, but some full-time year-round?
0: Yeah, we, uh, of the, we probably have about 500 people that work for us through the course of the, the summer, in the middle of the summer. And most of those jobs, 350 of those jobs are seasonal. We do have some positions that are year-round. As I said, we have a place in Florida. There are some places in California that are open all year-round. As, uh, as well as Oregon up on the coast, there's some just some busy places up there too. So most of the jobs are starting in mid April, early May and then go all the way until mid-September and then by Columbus Day they're pretty well closing down most facilities
1: by Columbus Day, so even before the fall colors arrive that's because was yeah, yeah, up place. that high.
0: Yeah. Depends on the place. Depends on the place. There are some places that stay open a little bit longer, but for the most part, people, even though it's a good time to get out and about, not as many people really want to go camping and stay overnight out in that colder weather. Yeah.
1: I'm one of them. (laughs) Yes. How many hours do the work campers typically work every week? Folks will work depending on how much
0: responsibility they have. It's usually 30 to 40 hours a week is pretty common. We do have some places that are a good solid 40 for two or three couples at a campground and some places that are 20 hours of work required because it's a smaller place.
1: Oh, that's reasonable. So it gives them plenty of time to enjoy the area that they're in
0: for sure for sure that's it is it is a great way to get out and enjoy if you're a fisherman or something or like to go hiking or if you're off road vehicle owner a side by side or something like that that there are opportunities for that we some folks get discouraged because they think oh i'm just going to go out there and it's just going to be a great place to go fishing every day and yeah there's opportunities to do that but this is also a pretty involved job. So if a person's looking for just a place to hang out and not really do too much, I'm not sure this is a good fit for that person. It does require daily monitoring of the facility, making sure you know who's coming and going from the campground. You're going to be dealing with the transactions to put those people on site. And then you're going to be cleaning restrooms and campsites on a daily basis. So it's a job, but it's, a, it's an enjoyable job The folks that that probably are ideal candidates for us are people that are retired, that have a a motorhome or travel trailer, and are looking, they've enjoyed that camping lifestyle. They know how to survive in their rig, and they can get along with each other for longer than just a couple of weeks inside of a rig. And so they're used to camping on a long term basis. And those, and that they're also healthy enough to be able to stay active and get out and about. So, Those are some of the qualities that we look for in an ideal candidate: is enthusiasm, a people-oriented person, a person that has a great love of camping and has experience camping, and is successfully retired. We do these are paid positions. They do. It it depends on how busy the area is for the amount of hours that they would be doing. The rate of pay will depend on the state that they're working in. Some of the states are the state. Minimum wage is higher than other states. And so we don't always just pay minimum wage, but we're, we model our, our labor pricing based on what the going rate is in that state.
1: So that becomes like a base on which you are, evalu- or you are setting your own compensation levels. And sometimes it matches the state minimum, and sometimes it's a little higher.
0: Yes, that is correct. Okay. You're right, Greg.
1: And all of the work campers get a free campsite, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, you're, you are correct. We, that is one of the nice benefits is you can, you'll have a free place to stay. We don't charge for rent or ask for any compensation for that. And so some places will have full hookups and some places won't. So it doesn't necessarily change our compensation package for those folks.
1: Now, if they don't have full hookups, are there services like a honey wagon available to the work campers?
0: Yes, yeah, certainly. Most of our places throughout the country have water and then sewer is the next thing that's out there. And that if they don't have sewer, we, we often can find a campsite that's close to a restroom and they can use that restroom to use a macerator pump to use to empty their toilets. So it's pretty rare that we have to have a honey wagon come over and pump them or that they have to use a blue boy that's a miserable
1: experience for folks. <laughs> Indeed, as far as electricity is concerned, if these primitive campgrounds don't have electricity, they're able the work campers are able to use their generators pretty much all the time except during quiet hours.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. It sounds like you've done this before, Greg. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, it's true. It's we try to respect and have our staff follow the same guidelines that we would have our guests using. So there are quiet hours, usually 10 o'clock at night till eight in the morning. Those are times when we don't we ask people not to use their generators. Sometimes we'll supply a little extra fuel for folks if they're in a remote location and they need help with that. But for the most part, whatever utilities are available are provided at no extra charge, but there's not compensation above and beyond that. As a work camper searches for jobs, whether it's with American Land and Leisure or some of the other companies out there, that's something they really should be dialed into. What kind of utilities are going to be available and is there any compensation for utilities if it's not being provided?
1: Are you folks always recruiting work campers or is there a specific time of year that you seem to look for more applications?
0: The cycle is almost nine months in advance. Right now, this is we're going into September and we are actively recruiting for next year right now. We let our 500 staff that are already on board have the first dibs on where they want to go in the future to the next place. Or they they want to come back and then once we get that roster filled with returnees then we will open it up to the general public so by october we're listing jobs that are available that haven't been filled by existing staff and by the middle of january we're just about filled up by that time so yeah but if you haven't secured a place by january it's still possible to get jobs but it's uh, the fall is the best time to be searching for the next summer.
1: Did I understand you said that existing work campers can even pick a place that they want to go to so once they're in the system they can just select another campground that they want to go to the following season?
0: Yes, correct. Yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity to work in a large company like ours where there's 350 campgrounds to choose from if they if they want to see a little variety of places they can spend one summer up in Michigan, another summer in Colorado, then down to Florida, over to West Virginia, up to Oregon. But it's a great it's a great way to be able to move around. And so certainly once you're in our system, it's really helpful to be you've got experience, you understand our company culture, and you're excited because we've treated you fairly and appropriately and you can't wait to go on to the next new location.
1: How many work campers would you say return from season to season?
0: We get about 60% of our folks coming back from one year to the next.
1: Six is zero.
0: Yeah, 60. Yeah, yeah. We we got a pretty good return ratio.
1: That shows that you take very good care of your work campers.
0: We strive to, yes. It's a job that you, if you get into that, you've been doing that for five or six years and you get promoted to be a manager for another five or six years, and then, then it's your second time to retire once again. So yes, there's a, a great opportunity for folks to, to move around. and We usually have folks, we have had people working for us for 18, 20 years, and then a lot of folks just, it's three or four or five years, and then they're ready to retire once again.
1: What is involved in the hiring and interviewing process? We, we
0: advertise in several locations. We're on Work Camper News. That's probably our primary, one of our best sources of new campers is having people go online, search out the job opportunities. And then when they click on a site or a job that they're interested in, that'll link them over to our website. And then there's a, an application tab on there. And you fill out a couple of questions. We just want to find out if where part of the country you want to work in, if you have an RV, if you have how many people are going to be coming with you and staying on site, what your utility expectations are, and how many hours you want to work. So that application is turned into our human resource department. And then we review those and start to filter and channel those to the appropriate people for interviews. Then a person will likely have an interview with our staff on Zoom. Be really enjoying being able to see people on video a lot more lately, which is nice. And uh, then after that interview, we'll make sure that we've got a good fit for them somewhere in the country. And then we probably will send them over to a campground manager that's supervising those folks and confirm that's a good fit for them. Also, we check references we do a background check to verify there hasn't been any felonies in their background or inappropriate activity that would be a disqualifier. They also have to fill out the appropriate federal paperwork to make sure that they're legally hireable in the United States, and uh, then we get them going. We send it. We send a compensation agreement over to them and uh, make an offer, and then start the training process in the spring.
1: Okay. Are there any restrictions to the type of RVs that work campers can have, like age restrictions or being in bear country, there might be different types of RVs that are not encouraged, let's just say?
0: Sure, I have seen that, and you've probably seen that on some of the ads that are published that you can't have a rig older than 1986 or something like that, but we don't have that kind of restriction. We do ask that a person does have an RV, and there are several specific expectations that the site be presentable. Kept clean, clutter free, you know, that they don't have 10 dogs <laughs> or large stuff. So we are cautious about that, but we can't, you know, we don't discriminate based on a person's appearance of their RV. But we do have an expectation that they have an RV. We don't normally hire people that just have a tent because they're going to be out there and we'd like to have a hard sided rig. So that it does protect them from wildlife and they can store their food inside their rig and not have to worry about bears.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there is a minimum expectation to have an RV, and but we don't say what kind of RV it has to be.
1: What can a work camper do to really stand out in the application process if they want to work for American Land and Leisure?
0: We're looking for a person that presents themselves well during the interview process. That they meet all the qualifications I just talked about as far as their type of rig. We're looking for folks that are physically able to do the work. And, but we were, we've got folks that are anywhere from 15 years old to 85 years old working for us. So I guess we're looking for folks that are able bodied, that are able to do the job, that are enthusiastic. And those are great. Those are great campers. We do have some positions that are maintenance oriented. And so we do have facility leads and maintenance people if they're less excited about dealing with public interaction and they just want to focus on taking care of rebuilding restrooms or picnic tables or working on water lines. We have those kind of jobs also.
1: So you will work with couples and singles and families?
0: Yeah, we have most of our folks are couples that are out there. And so... The couples will often share a camp host responsibilities for a campground, or sometimes the husband will be off doing maintenance and the wife is over taking care of campers and campsites. So it's uh, there are couple jobs where couples are preferred because we get two workers on that one host site. And then we have a lot of jobs where a single is just fine because it's a smaller campground and 20, 30 sites would be fine for a single person.
1: I had exactly. Yeah. Family traveling with teenagers. Did you say that the teenagers might be able to get a job with you folks too?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We do. We do have some families that are working out there that have, we able to put all three or four of the family members to work.
1: Now, I know you had mentioned that you have campgrounds in how many states?
0: We're in 10 different states. 10 different
1: states. So it's hard to say what people can do in those areas because the areas are vast and different, but they do have time to explore each of the areas. It will depend upon the position. Some of them are full-time, but many of them are part-time.
0: Sure. Yeah. If you want to go and explore the Rocky Mountain National Park, we have campgrounds all around that place. And there is great opportunities for you to go out on your days off and explore and enjoy and Or most of the locations we manage are on a river or a lake. And so that'll be pretty common that there's going to be a place to go fishing or boating if that's what you're looking for.
1: I understand that COVID caused some changes within the camping industry and with the Forest Service. Has that impacted you at all?
0: Certainly. It was uh, crazy. Back in 2020, the Forest Service pretty well, everybody pulled in and wanted to shut down and we all wanted to protect ourselves, including our staff. But in instead of, instead of having everybody hunker down and stay home, one of the safe and great activities to do was to go camping with your own family because that was your own little pod. And you could take your folks that you were already comfortable with and go out and do some outdoor activities, which was a safer way for people to get out. So camping in 2020 just boomed. There were several places where the government was completely shut down and they said, nobody's allowed to come in. And people just came in anyway and went camping. They went through the gates and camped behind closed air areas. So it really was better to have to have our staff on site, taking care of folks and making sure the facilities were cleaned and that security was being provided, that kind of thing. 2020 was just an incredibly busy year for us. And the last couple of years have been unusual. It's been, it's continued to stay busy. The the last summer, this last portion of this summer was not quite as busy as it was the last couple of years. The gas prices, I think, have certainly affected people's ability to get out and travel as much as they used to. And also this last year, things have started to open up again. So there's more recreation opportunities out there for folks that, large amusement parks are open once again. Folks have got more variety of activity to choose from. A family can still go and go down to Disneyland or something like that instead of going camping. So 2020 was a really hectic and busy year. In 2021, we were still in the process of making sure that we were providing safe places for our employees to work. The code procedures and policies that we all had to create and work on, trying to interpret what the CDC was asking us to do and how we could safely get people out in the woods and employees out working with other people has been a challenge. But we're looking forward to more normality. It still hasn't quite recovered yet. I think that that people are seriously thinking about what do they want to do with themselves. And so I think a lot of folks are choosing an outdoor lifestyle as a new model for their families. So we're seeing a lot more folks starting to come back into the work camping industry.
1: Is there one thing you wish all work campers knew before they came to work?
0: I don't know about one thing. I guess my advice to folks when I talk to people is pick out the right part of the country that you want to work in and then figure out what company manages those facilities and that in that place. So it's not necessarily, I want to work for this company, no matter where they are, I want to, you got to figure out where you want to be. And then you have to figure out what is the minimum utilities that you can successfully live on. And if you're, if you're more flexible and more open to working off the grid or not having electricity, then certainly there's a lot more opportunities for you. I've had, we've had people when I've interviewed folks, if there's no electricity, how am I going to have my coffee in the morning? You don't have to have electricity to run a coffee pot. You can use your propane or a fire, or there's a lot of different ways to survive. So depending on where you, you got to pick the place you want to go, get to figure out what are the minimum utilities that you have to have, and then make sure that the job that you're signing up for is something that you can physically... Some folks have said, oh yeah, I'm going to be a great maintenance person. I can do absolutely everything. But then they show up in their limited mobility and they're not going to be able to really climb ladders or deal with uneven terrain. So we do have jobs for all different types of folks, but you've got to be honest with the employer as they're talking to you to make sure that they fully understand what you're capable of doing, what you have experience doing, and what your expectations are. Because when our workers have an expectation that is met, you know they're gonna be happy. And when they expect one thing and thought the job was gonna be one way and then it turns out to not be that way, then they're disappointed and we end up losing them. So I guess that's, my, that's not the one thing, that was like four things. Pick the place you wanna go, figure out what kind of utilities you have to have, what's the compensation gonna be for that, Am I physically capable of, of doing those things? And will I enjoy it? Those are the five, the five key things I advise people about.
1: Those are great advice. Where can people get more information about the opportunity to work for American Land and Leisure?
0: AmericanLL.com is our website. And uh, you can also find us as you go to Work Camper News and uh, click on. We always have a, a ad going in there. And there's several other websites out there that people search for work camping. You'll find Facebook groups. We have Facebook and Twitter and all different social media outlets for people to connect with. But if you start with a Google search, AmericanLL.com, that'll get to our company.
1: There was one question I meant to ask earlier. Have you ever implemented any new ideas as a result of input from a work camper?
0: Oh, certainly, yeah. We have, we have all kinds of uh, safety opportunities in the campgrounds for staff to be able to give a suggestion on how we can be safer and how we can work more efficiently. We are changing things all the time based on our staff's input. We have uh, regular staff meetings where we get input from the field and uh, that ends up being vetted and worked through our system and ends up being policy in the following years. So, yeah, we're constantly looking for support and advice from our field staff.
1: Thank you very much, Steve. I really appreciate the time, and I wish you the best of luck as you recruit your staff for next year.
0: Greg, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so excited, and I, I'm sorry to hear that the print version of Work Camper News is is retiring. That's, that's a sad but a necessary move. I'm sure you've seen all kinds of papers that are in print that are needing to needing to fold that portion of their business now, because we all use the internet right now to get information. So I completely understand that. We probably went with you guys from the beginning. I think we said in the beginning, Work Camper News started in 84. Our company started in 86. And I think we've been advertising solid with you throughout that entire 35, 30 years. 30 well, we,
1: we certainly appreciate it. And like you said, things have been changing and COVID accelerated that. So our audience is primarily mobile now. Then they were sitting at home waiting for the mail to arrive. So everything's going online and we got to change to meet the needs of our members as well.
0: I'm glad to hear you doing that. That's great. You guys keep doing it. Keep providing a great service for us. It's really helpful to have Work Camper News supporting concessionaires like us.
1: I'd like to thank Steve Werner, the President of American Land and Leisure, for coming on the show to talk about work camping opportunities at 350 campgrounds spread over nine states. These are ideal opportunities for people who are self-starters and don't want or need a lot of direction to do their jobs. If you like to fish, hike, drive off-road vehicles, these are great jobs for you too. The jobs require daily monitoring of the facility to know who is coming and going, and work campers do have some daily responsibilities but many of the tasks can be done earlier in the morning and later in the evening, especially at more remote campgrounds, which means there's plenty of time to do fun things as well. American Land and Leisure starts recruiting about nine months before work campers need to report for duty. So the company is recruiting right now for positions next summer. Jobs are generally filled by the end of January. One of the advantages of working for the company is that once work campers have completed one assignment, they can easily move to another campground within the American Land and Leisure system. For more information, look for the company's featured employer page at www.workcamper.com. People can also visit the American Land and Leisure website at www.americanll.com or email ready-to-work at Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, WorkCampers News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with a community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a diamond or platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the sport of Work Camper news behind you. That's all we have for today's show. If you'd like to be a guest on the Work Camper Show podcast to talk about your work camping experiences, I'd love to interview you. Email me at podcast at workcampershow.com. I'll send you more information. It's October, which means snow isn't too far away, but it's a beautiful time of year to be outside, so I hope you take advantage of the nice days and cool evenings. I'll talk to you again on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Thanks for listening.